Welcome back to the Spirits Guide Podcast. I am Rich, your guide through the intoxicating world of spirits, books, movies, music, and anything else that I feel like connects us as humans. This is Season 3, Episode 23. This is Tasting Louisville Part 2. Um, this episode and last week's episode, I'm... The introduction that I'm recording now, it wasn't recorded then, but uh, the body, what you're going to hear after this, uh, my conversation with Corey, this was recorded the day after I recorded last week's episode, which was the day after I got back from Louisville. And really, when I came back, one of the first people I wanted to taste with was Corey. Corey's been my sidekick uh, at my store doing my Whiskey Wednesday videos for the past couple of years. Um he doesn't work there anymore. He has since moved on uh, to a major, major wholesaler and is doing great, uh, but still takes time out of his week every week to come back, shoot those Whiskey Wednesday videos with me, um, and is a pretty consistent attendant for my Sunday fun day festivities uh, here at the house every week where we're usually out in the yard and grilling and playing cornhole and and drinking and having good conversation. Uh so what happened was I had him come over a little bit early for our Sunday fun day uh, and sat down and tasted him through some bottles. And pretty much the order of it kind of went like this. Last week's episode, well, the backtrack, I brought back 12 bottles of whiskey altogether from my trip to Louisville. One of them was a gift that I gave to Corey. Uh, and you'll hear that in the episode. And one of them was a gift that I gave to my friend Glenn, uh, who who muled a few bottles back uh, from Kentucky for me. Um, him and his mom drove back from Florida and actually cut across Tennessee into to Kentucky to meet us for dinner and for breakfast, uh, and then take on some of my <laughs> my bourbon contraband and drove it home. Uh, so that left me with ten bottles left. In last week's episode, I picked five bottles that were places that I didn't go, and they were bottles that I just bought because I thought they were cool and interesting. This week, what you're going to hear is me kind of reenacting our our tours with Corey. So, you know, of the five distilleries that we visited in three days, I bought bottles at four of them. And then the last one I purchased in the airport, because the great thing about Louisville Airport is once you get through security, right on the other side of TSA, there is a liquor store that sells bourbon. Um, and it's not a duty-free. You don't have to have a passport or board it. You just buy whatever you want. So I picked up a couple of bottles there, one of them being the best bottle that I purchased on the whole trip. Uh, which is the last thing that Corey and I uh, taste when we were together. Um, I also bought a bottle of the Jim Beam single barrel that I tasted last week. So I kind of took Corey through four of the five distilleries that we visited, talked a little bit about what happened there, uh, and then we taste the Datling at the end. So, you know, being down in, in Louisville, you know, it's, I've been back a week. It, you know, people ask me kind of every, Hey, how was Kentucky? How was Louisville? And it's weird for me. This trip has almost 
provided me with a sense of finality uh, on my journey, um, which I know kind of sounds bad, and I don't want anybody getting nervous, like, oh, I'm not quitting everything. It's just, it wasn't, it was, the joy of this particular trip to Kentucky um, was getting to share some of these places that I've been and some of the things that I know about and, and my ability to kind of navigate a little bit of the landscape down there um, with my friend Peter and his wife, uh, just so they could have some of the access that, you know, again, not everybody gets to just go down and do like a Maker's Mark VIP tour or, you know, get to sit in and be a part of a barrel pick. So it was fun for me to be able to share that uh, and share these experiences with those guys and with my girlfriend to give her sort of a sense of, you know, some of the stories that I've told in the past about my previous trips to, to Kentucky. And it didn't, it wasn't quite as, I don't want to say it wasn't exciting, but it, it wasn't like it was in the past. And it's almost like it feels, it feels as if I've gone to college, um, you know, and gotten my degree in bourbon um, from my first trip when I didn't know a lot, uh, when we get to go to Buffalo Trace and Woodford and Four Roses and Wild Turkey uh, to my second trip where, you know, I went to Moonshine University, became part of the Staven Thief Society as an executive bourbon steward. Uh, I knew a little bit more about what was going on. We went to Jim Beam. We went to Heaven Hill. We went to Old Forester. And this time, you know, when I went to the distilleries, I kind of knew what I was looking at. I knew different questions to ask. Um, you know, I mean, there's only so many stills or fermentation tanks um, that you can see and be like, whoa, that's what a still looks like. You know, I had kind of seen all that. Uh, going to Maker's Mark, it was awesome to get to taste White Dog right off the still. Amazing. It was awesome to get to taste whiskey out of the barrel inside a rickhouse. But it also wasn't the first time I got to taste whiskey out of a barrel in a rickhouse. And I, I kind of feel like I've got my degree in, in bourbon now. And it wasn't so much kind of learning new things or, or, you know, the excitement of new experiences. It was kind of fortifying some of the experiences I had in the past. And while I understand like with any degree, there's always some continuing education uh, as far as, you know, the evolution of the industry. And in this case, you know, bourbon. Uh, but I feel like I'm caught up, you know, like I've learned everything I need to learn. And now I just need to kind of keep up with any sort of industry changes or, or, you know, trends or things like that. Um, so it, it was sort of a different, a different trip for me. And, you know, I say finality because now it allows me to kind of go on to the next phase where I, you know, I've gone down the rabbit hole, I've got to the end, uh, and now I can just kind of keep adding to it, but I can go on to the next sort of phase of my life. And quite honestly, it is also, you know, being down there and being around people who have uh, pride in what they do and they're passionate about what they do and they're part of a team working towards a common goal was awesome to be around um, and then sort of come back and, and work in an environment that is not that uh, has also kind of led me to 
you know, the thoughts of changing jobs, changing uh, paths there, because I want to be around people who are passionate about what they do and do care about what they do. And my store is great and it has afforded me a lot of opportunities, but I kind of feel much like I did on this trip of like, all right, I've outgrown bourbon 101. I now am starting to feel like I'm outgrowing sort of the retail end uh, and I'm looking for a new challenge. So there's some finality there um, just in, in wanting to kind of move on and do bigger, better, not bigger and better, but just different new challenges, um, just sort of new things. Wow. Lots of rambling and we haven't done any drinking yet. So being in the Rick house and seeing the barrel and getting the taste whiskey right out of the barrel kind of reminded me, you know, as I was reflecting on it today that I hadn't checked on my barrel projects in quite some time. So I figured this was as good a time as any to, uh, revisit my barrel projects and just to kind of catch up. Um, if this is the first episode you're listening to and you haven't uh, been following the barrel projects, I went online and again, the website I use is barrels online, but there's some other websites where you can buy one liter, two liter, three liter, five liter barrels. You can buy them all the way up to full size barrels. If you want, get them in, you know, different varieties. You can have them like engraved, uh, black straps, silver straps, however you want them. There's all different ways to do it. Um, and you can do your own aging process at home. And some of the, you guys out there who, who listen and, you know, have become my friends over the years, this is something sort of organically that we've all kind of done. You know, my friend Jason, I know does it. And my friend Peter is doing it and he's just, uh, brought me a cool project he's working on where he bought some kind of oak staves that you can put in a bottle and age uh, or give some oak influence to a, a clear spirit in a bottle. Uh, but he's also done some barrel stuff. And my friend Glenn has done some barrel stuff. And, you know, we all kind of knew it. We're doing this before we all sort of knew each other, which is just kind of a, a cool thing. And, you know, part of the coolness of this this community that I feel like I'm part of, um, where we're not all just bourbon drinkers either. Uh, we like other spirits and kind of playing around and doing stuff like this. Uh, <laughs> and the fact that, you know, so many of you guys that I know out there, um, are more interested in blending old crow in a whiskey barrel to see what happens, uh, than you are in finding a bottle of Blanton's, uh, is what makes me kind of love you guys all so, so much. Um, and yeah, I love the fact that we're all kind of on this journey together. So my barrels, I bought a one liter and I bought a two liter. And I filled the first one up with uh, unaged pear brandy, some Calvados, uh, some regular brandy. And then I aged uh, Bernheim wheat whiskey with Larceny weeded bourbon, aged that out. Uh, and that, you know, being in a one liter barrel and I had... You know, when it was cooler out, I would put it in front of the space heater and cook it. I want to get a little bit warmer out. I put it out in the sunshine. That thing aged so fast that within two months, I was ready to dump it. And it came out fantastic. But now you've got an empty barrel. And if you don't put liquid back in it, the wood is going to dry up. That barrel is going to fall apart. So I had to come up with something else to put in that barrel. And what I did was a blend of 45% 
bourbon, 45% dark rum, and 10% brandy. In a barrel that previously held a weeded bourbon and a wheat whiskey that previously held uh, some fruit brandy. So, got a lot going on here. The other barrel I did that I called the Hills of Heaven, which was a two-liter um, that I aged like Pinot de Charente and some other things in. Uh, that's the one that I tasted maybe three, four weeks ago here in the podcast, and it was not good at all. So that one has been aging since February. So we're about four months in. Um, the one liter barrel is a month in. So I'm going to revisit them right here. Mm. All right. That one liter barrel, stellar. I get the bourbon. I get the brandy. I get the rum. They don't feel out of balance. They're like, it's like Metallica playing with the San Francisco Orchestra. It shouldn't work, but it does. Wow, that is delicious. And not for nothing, I think it's ready for bottling. So I think when I wrap up this recording, I'm going to go out there and dump that barrel and get it all bottled up. Now I'm going to have to come up with something else to put in that barrel. All right, barrel number two, the Hills of Heaven. And this is a blend of Elijah Craig, Evan Williams, Bernheim, Mellow Corn, Rittenhouse, every whiskey from Heaven Hill that I could get my hands on all went into this two-liter barrel. All right. The color on it is magnificent. It's almost like brick red. Like it almost... All right, here we go. Okay. Oh, yeah. I get some of the barrel finish. And if you guys go back, I don't remember which episode I kind of did this on. But it was three, four weeks ago, and it was awful. Downright awful. Um, and I said then, like, we're just going to leave it in the barrel and, and hope that it, it changes. And sometimes this happens. You know, it happened to me, one of the first barrels I ever did, that a couple months in, it was terrible. And I left it there, and I forgot about it. And it it kind of took a left turn, and it changed and that's exactly what has happened with this one. I feel like it was way off the path. And now, yeah, no, that is amazing. I'm probably going to let that go for like another three weeks. And you know you've got something going on because my barrel is all syrupy and sticky. And any of you guys who have been inside an actual rickhouse know that some of those barrels actually have like some sap leaking out of them. It's like the whiskey that's actually coming through the wood. So you know that the liquid has permeated the wood, has gone into the wood and out of the wood, and some of it has gone all the way through the wood. That's a good sign. That means the barrel influence is actually happening. Oh, yeah, I'm going to give that three more weeks, uh, and then I'm going to bottle that. And some of you guys are going to be very happy uh, when you get samples of that for sure. So kind of in reviewing, you know, 
this is the question here. Tell me about Louisville. I love Louisville. And I said it last week. Like, if you're going to go down there and you're going to do, like, the Bourbon Trail or whatever, I highly recommend staying near the city. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff kind of outside of Louisville. But everything really at the distilleries kind of happens during the day. Uh, you know, there's some stuff that happens at night. But pretty much a lot of the tours, the gift shops, that stuff all happens during the day. Stay in Louisville, drive out to Bardstown, drive out to Lebanon, drive out to Loretto, drive out to Frankfurt, uh, to Danville, do the distillery stuff during the day. And quite honestly, if you're doing tastings, there's only so many distilleries you can go to taste in a day, still be able to drive and make it back to your hotel. So you do a couple of distilleries during the day. You drive back to you know Louisville, stay near downtown, Uber into downtown, and there's just so much to do. Uh, whether it's food, whether it's cocktails, whether it's art, culture, the Seelbach Hotel, Stevie Ray's, the Louisville Slugger Museum, just so much great stuff. The people are awesome, friendly, nice. Everything about that is fantastic. And then you get up in the morning, and I don't care what hotel you stay at, there is a Waffle House within five minutes of your hotel I promise you, I've stayed at three different hotels now um, on the last three trips, and there wasn't a hotel that I stayed that that didn't have a Waffle House within five minutes of the hotel. This is the magic of Waffle House. And not for nothing, and I don't know if I brought this up last week, and if I did, I apologize for being sort of redundant. Um, and if you know I did, I also have to reiterate this. We were in a Waffle House, my girlfriend and I, the last morning that we were there. Because, again, there was a Waffle House, a three-minute walk from our hotel. And her being from the South, like Waffle House is a part of her her childhood memories. Um, it was actually kind of cute. I was like, oh, we're going to go to Waffle House. And she already knew, and she's rattling off what she's going to order. And I'm like, you haven't seen the menu. She's like, no, it's a taste of my childhood. She knew exactly what she wanted, how she wanted it. Uh, before we even left the hotel to walk over to Waffle House. And <clears throat> again, like I'm not getting any money or kickback from this. I'm just saying Waffle House is fantastic. I've been to five or six different ones now over my travels down there. Everybody is always friendly and nice. The food is always exactly what you want. From Waffle House, the potatoes are great, the eggs are great, the waffles are great, the toast is great. You know, everything is just solid. But while we're there, there's a sign, you know, advertising help wanted, um, hiring grill cooks and supervisors, uh, starting at $13.50 an hour. And I thought, well, that's not that impressive. Minimum wage in Massachusetts is something like 15 bucks an hour. So she looks it up on her phone. The minimum wage in Kentucky. Folks, if you do not know, $7.50 an hour. Why do we care about this? Well, what are the things that people chirp about in the bourbon community? Well, you know, they chirp that the whiskey's young. It's not old. It tastes young, which isn't even a flavor. Um, that's ridiculous. Uh, so they chirp about age statements. They chirp about sourced whiskey. They chirp about 
proof points. Oh, it's only 90 proof. Oh, Elijah Craig barrel strength is only 120. You know what? If it's barrel strength and it's 120, it's going to be more rich and concentrated and it's not going to burn like fucking gasoline when you drink it. What's the other thing they chirp about? MSRP. I should be able to get this for MSRP. Why? So you can flip it for three times MSRP? I don't want to get off on too much of a rant and ramble there. But here's the thing. A lot of those MSRPs are set in Kentucky. Why? Because where is Buffalo Trace? It's in Kentucky. Where is Wild Turkey? In Kentucky. Where is Four Roses? In Kentucky. Where is Woodford? Where is Castle and Key? Where is Jim Beam? They're all in Kentucky. And you know what they have to pay their liquor stores in Kentucky? $7.50 an hour. So when you're factoring the cost of a bottle on the shelf, when it goes from the distillery to the wholesaler to the retailer to the customer, the last stop, the retailer, has to pay their employees $7.50 an hour. Now, I'm sure a lot of them pay more than that. Much like up here, there are plenty of people who make more than minimum wage. But when the minimum wage is double that, double, when I sell a bottle of Buffalo Trace in Massachusetts, the lowest I can pay my employees to do that is $15 an hour. When you sell a bottle of Buffalo Trace in Kentucky, the lowest you have to pay your employees, $7.50. Please tell me how doubling the minimum wage doesn't affect the bottom line of what I can sell that bottle for. It's just not fair. It's not fair that these distilleries list MSRP. It's also not fair that customers are sometimes too fucking ignorant to understand what MSRP means. Manufacturers suggested, suggested, not guaranteed. This is what they suggest you sell it for. And yet they start to toy with the laws of supply and demand. Well, this is what you should sell it for. But we're not going to put enough in the market to supply the demand, which means the price goes up. If you have a house and it's selling for $200,000 and there's seven people that want to buy it, one of them is going to pay $250,000 to outbid everybody else. That's the nature of economics. So when you're selling something at retail where I have to pay my employees twice as much as an employee in Kentucky, that MSRP does not translate. It is absolutely, positively not fair. All right. Well, it's also not fair that the two whiskeys that I tasted so far were not from my Kentucky trip. So, you know, one of the places that I went was Total Wine. I mentioned it before. Uh, you know, I kind of rant and ramble about total wine and their sort of predatory practices. That being said, when you go to another part of the country and there's a total wine, absolutely positively go there because they're going to have stuff there um, that you're not going to have in your local liquor store. And there were so many bottles uh, that I saw, uh, things that I had to pass on. You know, I, I, I 
didn't want to pass on old granddad 114. I don't know when I'll ever see that here in Massachusetts again. Uh, I didn't want to pass on old overhaul 114. I don't know that I'll ever see that here in Massachusetts. So many cool brands, Monk's Road, uh, which was a brand I get to taste at Proof in Maine. Uh, when I go back to Kentucky, I'll be looking for Monk's Road. And if you guys are out traveling and you're down in the south, uh, it seems like a lot of these things are available in like Georgia, Florida, uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, like South Carolina. It's always kind of random southern states. If you find bottlings of Monk's Road, pick it up. This stuff is legit. It is for real. Uh, and the one that I tasted at Proof on Main was a six-year bottled and bond, all their own juice. Absolutely killer. little pricey, but that just seems to be the way craft uh, whiskey is going. One of the other things that I, I love looking at at Total is that they have small format. Pints, half pints, nips. Uh, I brought back a nip of Four Roses Small Batch Select. You'll never see that up here. Um, and one of the pints that I brought back was Ancient Age and this is the 90-proof version. I actually have an unopened 750 of the 80-proof version. Ancient Age is something that is made at Buffalo Trace by Buffalo Trace. Um, but as is customary, you can basically have one distillery that has seven distillery names to it. So this one is uh, distilled, aged, and bottled by Ancient Age Distillery, Frankfort, Kentucky. Now, at one point, the Buffalo Trace Distillery was actually called Ancient Age. This is a product that, again, it's made at Buffalo Trace, um, but they don't sell it at Buffalo Trace in the gift shop so that they can allow for retail stores in the area to sell it and be able to make a couple dollars off of it. Now, is this top of the line? No. Um, it's a three-year bourbon, uh, you know, genuine sour mash right there on the label. Been distilling since 1869, which is about as long as Buffalo Trace Distillery has been functioning under many, many names. Uh, this is 90 proof right there in the front, aged at least 36 months. And <laughs> this is kind of adorable. We love to hear from our customers. And there's a phone number that you can call to kind of share your thoughts and opinions or ask questions from the Ancient Age Distillery. Uh, by the way, that number is one. 866-729-3722. Give them a call. See what happens. Uh, there's also an email address, uh, the bourbonwhiskey.com email or age at bourbonwhiskey.com. Yeah, kind of a cool little thing. I know the last time I was down there with my friend Steve, we actually bought a whole 750 of this, and this was our hotel drinker at the end of every day. But I haven't had it in five years, so I bought myself a pint. It was a little easier to slip home. And here we go. Soft. Nice little spice. Vanilla. Not too oaky. A little sweet. Just a perfect sort of well bourbon just a nice one to kind of have around and drink um if i was living in kentucky this would be a staple on on my home bar all the time man you know it's it's soft and it's light and sweet but also the flavor just keeps on coming that is fantastic 
All right. So what you guys are about to hear is my conversation with Corey tasting through five bourbons that I brought back from Kentucky. Four from, actually, it's three bourbons, one apple brandy that is mind-blowingly good that I, from the distilleries that we visited, and then the one bourbon that I bought in the airport. Uh, Corey may or may not have had a drink or two before he got here for this tasting, um, but everything is real and raw. He literally walked in the door. Uh, we set the phone up on my dining room table because the studio is a little tight and it gets a little warm. And it was a hot day that day. So we just recorded it in the living room. I hit record. We sat down and we just went right into it. Um, so hopefully you guys appreciate kind of the, the realism uh, and the honest reactions to everything that is there. And yeah, thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, and if you enjoy this, you guys know the drill. Go to the podcast page on Spotify or wherever else you get podcasts. Uh, click the follow button. Give it a five-star rating. Share it out on your social media. Uh, follow on Facebook and Instagram uh, where you can leave comments and reviews about the podcast. You can also message me through both of those platforms. And for everything else, you can reach me at thespiritsguide89 at gmail.com. All right, guys. Enjoy this episode. I had a ton of fun hanging out and drinking this with Corey. Uh, so hopefully that comes through and you guys enjoy it as well. All right, guys. Enjoy. Cheers. So, yeah, Glenn was driving his mother back from Florida and then cut over through Tennessee, met us in Kentucky. Awesome. So the night... We got there, which was Sunday. Um, we flew in. I couldn't check into my hotel room because check-in was 3. Yeah. We got there, there at 12. Yeah. And we had an appointment at Weller at 2.30. Oh, wow. So how you, what did you do with all your luggage? So we ended up leaving it in Peter's room. So okay, Peter yeah. flew down the day before. Yeah, okay. They were, he stayed in the same hotel. So we just went to the hotel, uh, brought yeah, all yeah. our stuff yeah. in. Um and then Glenn called me, told me he was on his way. So Peter and I, like, we went, did the Stitzel Weller tour, yep. came back. Uh, she took a nap. Peter's wife took a nap. Peter and I went to Total, bought a bunch of bottles How there. How is the Total out there? Totals there are, they're awesome. I mean, you're still going to navigate them the same way, but the the stuff that we found, um, just a whole giant shelf of old granddad, 80 proof. Bonded, 114. Yep. Overholt, 114. Um, Nothing you can get up here. Like Buffalo it, Trace White Dog. What? Just yeah. all kinds of cool stuff. Um, and a whole bunch of other stuff like that I have over there um, that we can't get here either. That's but cool. I wanted to do this tasting with us in sort of the order of the distilleries okay. yeah. that we like, visited. Yeah. Um, and even before that... Uh, <laughs> Because it was your birthday, brought you back a glass. Thank you, man. The official wow. tasting glass from Luxrow when we did our barrel picks. Thank you, man. I appreciate um, that. Oh. And then that is for you as well. Something else that we won't find up here, but I know you'll also appreciate. Oh, come on. A little benchmark bottled and bond. Awesome. Yeah, they had that. They had the top floor, the small batch. Wow. They had the whole benchmark lineup. Yep. Just all kinds of. Thank you, man. I appreciate cool that. Cool stuff. A lot. Thank you. 
Yeah, yeah that's a fun. I mean, yeah. So yeah, the first day we land, we landed twelve at two thirty. Mm-hmm. We're at Weller. Tour was awesome. Like the facility is awesome because it's yeah. like walking with ghosts, and you know, and it's where mm-hmm. you know they mentioned like Pappy owned it, and they yeah, it's history. But at the same time, like when I had read the Pappy Land book where they interviewed like Julian Van Winkle, and he was like, "This place is kind of a joke." <laughs> I also got that end of it too yeah. of the way they talk about the history and, and certain things and things they do acknowledge and things they don't acknowledge. Yeah. And for the record, they were the only one that I kind of felt screwed at price-wise. Okay. Hmm. So they had... So we did the tour and we get to see like the Rick houses and they don't really do a lot of distilling there. They off-site. Yeah. Um, but over the course of the tour, like we get to taste Blade and Bow. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. Uh, we tasted the Bullet 10-year, which was yep. pretty solid. Uh, and then we tasted the Muckety Muck, that orphan barrel that mm-hmm. we have, which yep. we sell for like 300 Yep. And she was like, yeah, and we uh, we allocate one bottle of this a day in the gift shop, uh, and it goes for 600 a bottle. And I was like, I sell that in fucking mass for 300 <laughs> That, and what it, is it? Is it good? It, yeah, that one was the 25-year single-grain okay. scotch. I think it was 100% corn from a is distillery. Is it worth $600? That, no. Not if I can get it for 300 yeah, <laughs> in yeah, my own yeah. store. That's crazy um, that they're, throw, they're selling it for that expensive down there. So this was one of the other ones that we get to taste, and we get to taste this in like the tax collector's building. Like You go yep. all around. Um, I.W. Harper. Cabernet finish. Now, in the gift shop, this was going for 65 And also, like, the first day we're down there, I'm like, well, I don't know if Glenn's going to meet us. I don't want to buy all my bottles on the first day. We got two more days to go. Mm-hmm. I know what I can fit in my luggage. Mm-hmm. But I, like, I don't want to buy all my bottles right away. Yeah. So they had it for 65 We go back to the hotel. Those guys take a nap. Peter and I go to Total. I find this at Total for 50 bucks. I was like, all right, I'm going to grab it. I know. I remember seeing, like, you, you posting, and your first day, you had already, like, what? Yeah, six, six seven bottles. bottles. I was yeah. like, oh, my gosh. Like, here we go. Yeah, we had a, a pretty good score that first day. But it was awesome because, like I said, Glenn met us down there. We went to Against the Grain Brewery. Had awesome oh, fucking dinner. Good food. Nice. The beer was fantastic. And then... I was like, Glenn, you feel like muling some bottles? So we took all the bottles that we bought day one and put them in the trunk of Glenn's car. <laughs> so he drove awesome. them back. Okay. That's what makes sense for me because I was like, how is he going to get? Because like that was the first day. Yeah. Like, I was expecting you to bring at least 12 bottles, like whatever bottles home. And the first day you already get six. So I was yeah. like, all right, well, he's yeah. got to do something here. So yeah, Glenn with the solid. Shout out Glenn, man. So we did whiskey, finished in cab barrels. I think it's four-year. It's Diageo, so they don't tell you what the mash bill is. Uh, but it's 90 proof. Is there a, not to like jump forward or anything, but the picks you did, are are they finished in certain? No, they no, just, they were just straight up, straight up cask strength Rebel at nice. 126. Not Rebel, Ezra. Ezra. Um, and uh, 
yeah, that Yellowstone is killer. And then the stuff I posted on Instagram this morning, the bacon salt, they uh, actually made that. I'm not that... kidding. When you posted like all the pictures of what you, uh, the picture of all the sh- stuff you brought home, <laughs> that was like, I was like, what is that? Uh, that was unbelievable. I can't ima- yeah, for what is it? Uh, Bloody Marys. Yep. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. <sighs> yeah, those are unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for 50 bucks. Yeah. That's a score. Mm-hmm. What's the proof on that one? 90. 90, yep. So right in the sweet spot. And, I, like, I was excited, and you're going to ask her later, like, the first person I wanted to drink with was you. I'm like, I can't wait to get back, share this with Corey. I mean, Peter and I tasted this stuff down there, and, mm-hmm. you know, I'll pour off samples with Glenn and... Peter's got some other stuff that I'm sure he'll bring by the store and, yeah. and taste as well. But I don't know if I've ever had the normal. I I think I'm maybe once I've it, had the normal, but it's got that weird like skinny bottle and then it's, it's got a long skinny neck. Yeah, but it's, it's like grated on the side. Yeah, yeah. It's like almost like bubbly almost. Yeah, and probably the last time I saw it, five, six years ago, maybe even longer, they did a 15 year that was in this same bottle. That's the definitely the one that was was it behind the counter. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. And it so, was, so the like the normal ones in a different bottle. Yeah, the normal one okay. is in a different bottle. The 15 in this were the same bottle. Uh, I haven't seen the 15. Yeah, up here years, in, yeah. in forever. That is solid. Yeah, I like that a lot because you do get like the cabernet, like the fruit and stuff from that, mm. like the dark fruits. Yeah, I I don't know that 65 would have been worth it. But fifty, yeah, fifty That's is easy. Yep. spot on, um, and it's I think it's Kentucky only. I've I've never known that to be. Yeah, I've, I've never available seen that around up here. here. Um, and I'm gonna have to bring that down, bring it into work so that Van Roon can taste it as well, just because it's try to try to see if we can yeah grab see if we can here. put a word in. I'll uh, send an email over to Dan Cox and see. That's what a Diageo product. I Harper, yeah, mm. yeah. So Diageo bought Weller. Uh, yeah, okay, I remember you. Uh, but like, they bought the distillery, not the brand. But And it's funny you say that because, I mean, working for centuries, I don't see a lot of that in the market. No, and it's the regular IW, maybe right around the time you started at the store, Austin's was closing it out for like 10 bucks a bottle. And I bought a case of it. And for a while, it was kind of hot. People were buying yep. it. Uh, and then it just... Yeah. Faded. Um, Copper and Kings, huh? How is that? So Copper and Kings is... I know you were excited to go there. Again. It's so cool because like... The place, like, I remember seeing the pictures of just the front. And it, I feel like it looks way different than most distilleries. All of them. It, yeah, like, it's it, got those it's more, metal storage It's a little containers. bit like more modernized, but it's like still got that like rustic look to it a little bit. Yeah, it's like, it's sort of like hippie eclectic. Yes. Um, yeah, perfect. And, I mean, the guy who was our tour guide, definitely very hippie. Yeah. You know, grows mushrooms in his yard. Yeah, he's, he's growing, like, vans, wormwood. Yeah. And, yeah, he's got cut-off shorts mm-hmm. and yeah. ponytail in the back. And he was awesome. Um, and it's a small, it's a really, really quick tour. Uh, so this was Monday morning. We got up Monday morning, uh, met Glenn for breakfast at a place called Wild Eggs, which was yeah, awesome. I'm like, I, I mean, I'm... Home for all the 
the liquor and stuff you tasted, but I'm more curious a little bit about the food. That you the food was, I mean, everywhere we went, you know, against the grain, kind of barbecue theme. We yep. had, they used to do full on barbecue since COVID. They don't, mm-hmm. but great burgers, you know, pork belly on a stick, fried pickles, that kind of stuff. Uh, wild eggs. I looked up, and it's like a little chain down there. But the food was was it? You said wild eggs. Wild eggs. Uh, the thing is, like when you so when we were with Glenn the night before, I was like, all right, we're gonna do breakfast at Wild Eggs. He's like, all right, cool. It's like five minutes from the hotel. But when you put it into Google Maps, there's seven Wild Eggs that yeah, pop yeah, up. Yeah. What's, what's so I had to like text there? him, like, we're going to this one yeah. over here mm-hmm. because I was trying to plan so when we finished up breakfast, we, we could were just go straight over five minutes away from the distillery. Yep. So he was next to the one in downtown Louisville. He had to drive all the way over, but. She had like a mushroom and goat cheese omelet. Like the plates just came out like something out of the Flintstones. You know, they're just yeah. monster. Massive, yeah. I had uh, like chicken fried steak and mm-hmm. home fries and, and trying to get some base going before we started a day of drinking. I was listening to like uh, a podcast the other day and I don't know if you're familiar with this guy. His name's Jelly Roll. Yeah, yeah. So he he's from Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And he said how modernized Nashville hot chicken is now. He's like, he, he said something funny to me. He's like, you almost have to go somewhere where you don't feel safe to get actual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I feel like going down there and getting their food from that place, opposed to, like, it's so modernized up here now. Like, if you actually get the authentic food down there, it's, it's so, so much different. So good. And, like, just the aesthetic, like, everyone, like, people serving you and, like, the hot, people southern hospitality. friendly and yeah, just... It's, it's awesome. They're so nice. So, you know, we finish up the tour and, you know, they do brandy. So they explain mm. like how they do their apple brandy and how they do their grape brandy. We get to see the aging room and the sonic aging with the music. And every day in the aging room, it's based on like either the death dates or the birth dates of musicians that day. Wow. So it's like a playlist. Like, yep. like if Bob Dylan was born today, it, he'd it be, be on the playlist yeah. and, you know. If Stevie Ray Vaughan died today, he'd be on the playlist, and they just jack it up, and so cool. they're doing all kinds of cool stuff. And we wrapped up the tasting and uh, the tour, and we tasted like the regular brandy, and then you had your option of three other things to taste. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had seen this in the gift shop. So I so immediately so thought of this? you. This is they call it flood wall, so it's named after a flood wall along the river. Mm-hmm. This is their apple brandy. Aged in bourbon barrels and sherry barrels. Oh, and I was like, man, that, that's awesome. unless that's it's terrible, it's... I'm taking it. Yep. And so I tasted this, oh. and I was like, I, that's coming home with me. Absolutely. I mean, just the color in general. Beautiful mm-hmm. bottle, too. Yep. 100 proof. Ooh. So we tasted, they do uh, what they call destillaire. So they have like an orange curacao, a coffee yep. liqueur, a chocolate liqueur, and a pomegranate. They had Ooh, the gins. Of, the I didn't taste the pomegranate. Uh, Peter's wife did. She liked it a lot. Um, their absinthe was out of this world. I just don't drink a lot of absinthe at home. And yeah, I mean, take like, up a bottle spot. You bring a bottle absinthe. home, you're like, that's what I was thinking. Mm. I was like, what do you do with it? Absinthe's one of those things. Like, there's not much no. you can do with it. It's more. And they have their own bourbon that they sourced from MGP. Okay, yeah. And it was good, but it tasted like the tumble and dice. It, it tasted like 
like we always talk about, like seven it, other brands. Yeah, of it's MGP. nothing like that jumped out and like, yeah. oh, I need to bring this home. But yeah, oh my god, the Nova is crazy. And yeah, hundred proof. I was blown away. Wow. Did you get you get the apples, the sherry? It's definitely apple forward, and in the middle, it's you get that sherry, and then at the end, I feel like you get that that bourbon. Some bourbon. Yeah, vanilla at the end. That yeah. is unreal. <laughs> yeah. Copper and Kings, man, they don't miss. I don't. No. I feel like they don't really miss at all. They don't, and it was fun because they're owned by Constellation now. And so our tour guide, who is more than a tour guide, like he's a big brand ambassador. And, you know, Peter's asking him, like, hey, since Constellation has bought you guys, like, are they leaving you alone? And he's like, yeah, not yeah. really, you know. Yeah. They don't want them to do certain things. They want to just focus on, like, the core brands. Yep, that makes sense. He's like, the Destellaires aren't distributed. And I'm like, my distributor still has some from, mm -hmm. you know, before Constellation bought them and, Stopped allowing distribution. So it was, they were cool. Again, the space was awesome. And I was a little nervous because our tour was set up for makers at 245. Okay. And that's hour and a half. Hour and a half. Wow. Okay. And I was like, all right, well, Copper and Kings at 11. It fills the morning, but it might be tight getting in between. And the Copper and Kings tour just ended a lot faster okay. than I thought it was because it wasn't huge. I mean, we get to see like the stills, like I said, the barrel aging room, but they don't. But I feel like it's way small, like a smaller distillery than mm. Stitzel Weller and like all those mm. other big guys. Like it's more of a smaller, so it's like there's only so much you can see. Yeah, there's only way. so much you can see. And like, so he explained that they buy like their grape wine from California. Okay. But they distill it in California the first time and then ship it to Kentucky, which he explained, like, if you just shipped wine from California to Kentucky, it can spoil. But if you distill it first, and then yeah, it's it, more stable, yep. then they bring it there, they put it in the, they use the pot stills there, they redistill it. Okay. And, it's a, and they do the same thing with the, the apple wine, too. I think they get it from Michigan and then redistill it there. So, yep. yeah, not a ton to see um but super cool so we finished up there and then we were off to makers and so i'm like all right well we get some some extra time like you know we're exactly. heading out to, to makers and uh we're like oh we'll probably be there an hour early so we're driving out and people think of like louisville is like the heart of bourbon and there's really not a ton in Louisville, for, like, big distilleries, they're all out in, like, yeah. Bardstown, Lebanon, like, way out. So once you get outside the city, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. It's, like, roll. It was, like, something out of a picture. Like, you'd look out the window driving, and there's, like, a hill here. But then behind it, there's it's another, another hill. It looks like a picture. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a 3D picture of mm -hmm. just rolling yeah. hills and green. just fading away, like, a bit, little bit yeah. lighter. And then, that's... It's, I mean, it was absolutely awesome. And Peter was great. Like, he drove... Sunday, he drove Monday all the way out. Um, so I get to see a lot of the, yeah, the you, landscape. You, you were like watching opposed to driving. So we get out there and we're like, all right, well, you know, we're there. We'll be there early. 
maybe we'll go grab a bite for lunch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get off this road. You get onto like Maker's Mark Road. And it's just like 10 miles of like 90 degree turns and it, like squiggly line turns. Yeah, it's like, like, all right, I'm in a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> half expect a guy with like a skin mask and a chainsaw <laughs> yeah, to you, jump out. You go to turn around, there's another person behind you too. Yeah. I mean, we were like counting, like, how many cars are we going to cross paths with? So we finally, and it is literally the most remote place I have ever, like, if the car broke down, we were, we'd, I'd no, still no. be out there. Yeah. <laughs> no cell phone yeah, reception. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you'd be screwed. No cars. But then you get there, and the property is, it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's a blend of, like, modern and old. Like, the, the visitor center is all, like, new modern art and all this glass-blown art. And they have, like, herb gardens outside. And But our, our tour was, like, 2.45. And I've been down there enough where I know, like, the gift shops are never open past, like, 4 30. Yeah. So they were like, the gift shop is down there. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go down and check the gift shop out because it's yeah. 2 45. I want to see if there's anything worth grabbing because yeah, it by probably the time won't I'm be done here. Yeah, exactly. We're not yep. gonna... So like, I go out and you walk down the hill and I'm like, all right, there's no gift shop here. Uh, and then I keep going. And I keep going. It's like a 15 minute walk as far away from there as you can get. And I found this. So this is. Wood finish series. Come on, dude. Um, which we haven't seen up here since that FAE. Yeah, the cigar. Was it the cigar? Uh, cigar barrel? Was yeah, it was kind of like a cigar barrel. Yeah. yeah. And then we never saw the second one that year. We mm-hmm. didn't see anything from last year. And this is the last in that series. Oh, really? They're really? done with it. How so, long have they been doing this? Like five years. So this is the BEP, which stands for Barrel Entry Proof. So most bourbons go in at 125. They're going in at 110. And then kind of like the 46, they stuff the barrels with 10 virgin American oak staves. Baker's 46 is done with French oak. So I get all the way down, and I'm like, oh, I've got the BEP. Grab two bottles. But now my tour starts in 10 minutes. I've got to run back up the yeah. hill. This jog with I'm like bottle sweating. My shirt is soaked. <laughs> I get back up. Peter's like, see if they'll leave it at the desk. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the keys to the car, run out, throw it in the car, come back. Yeah. We do the tour. Um, Start a kitchen, baby. Rob Samuels was awesome. Set us up with drinks at the bar. Wow. So, like, when we checked in, they were like, oh. And they give me this thing, and they're like, yeah, you're all set up at the bar. Just Rob's going to buy you guys drinks, whatever you want. So, yeah. I tried that, and I was like, that's awesome. I'm mean, just reading it. It's... So, I think it's about seven years they don't do age statements uh okay but it was so i get back up and peter's talking to this kid i don't know where he was from and the kid's like yeah i didn't really like the bep you know i just thought it was light and i was like who the fuck is this clown oh, and why up, are you dude. talking yeah, shut up dude. i had the elijah craig barrel proof oh, in the 18 and i was God, like oh yeah. shut You're one of up. The, yeah seriously just i thought it was fantastic and again it goes in the barrel at 110 it's coming out at 110. Yeah. Um, yeah, while we were there, it was hot, hot as anything. Um, Peter's wife was like like dehydrating. So our tour guide was just constantly grabbing water mm-hmm. and keeping her hydrated. Oh, I can't even imagine. Like, because we always talk about how like whiskey season, bourbon season, especially, it's like kind of like fall, winter, mm-hmm. and like you go down there, it's 
they're always drinking it, but you you come up come from up here, you go down there and you're drinking bourbon all day. Mm. It's a different beast. And they're yeah, on top like, of a mountain there, like oh you're getting beat down on the sun. How like how hot was it? Like what, nineties or had to be ninety, probably ninety five where we were that day. And they oh, took us I into the distillery. Imagine. Yep. So in off all the stills, there, there's like this like a globe almost that is right off the still. And you can see the white dog coming off the still. And they like opened up the back, put a little cup in there. And we get to taste just clear makers right off the still. Unreal. Really? Absolutely. It, it was good? Unreal. Oh, it was so good. It wasn't like, it, was, it wasn't hot or anything? It, was it wasn't just, hot at oh my all. God. It was amazing. And then we get to Straight taste from the it source. That's crazy. off the barrel at Barrel Proof. And then on the property... They blew a hole in the side of this like mountain, and they dug a cave into it. Oh my gosh! So we're outside. It's like ninety-five degrees, but toward the whole ground. You go. You went in there. Go in the cave. It's, cool. it's fifty degrees. Oh my god! That's so no cool. AC, just natural yep. Yep. underground. Yep. You can see like water oozing out of like the limestone wall because they didn't build a wall. They just they blew it back and then built a wall out around it. I wonder how they did that. That's and crazy. that's where they age all the Makers 46 and all the private selections. Wow. That's crazy. So, yeah. Cheers. Makers BP. Mm. Yeah, I couldn't figure out what that kid was talking about. Like, that, come on, dude. I feel like every, like the BP, like the cigar release that they had, that was like one of my favorite whiskeys. Of, yeah. What was it, two years ago? Yeah. That was like literally one of my favorite whiskeys. That's like. This is better. Cocoa. This is leather. amazing. No heat. No heat. At 110. Mm-hmm. It's got, oh my God, it's like the, it's like the sweetness to it, almost. Mm. Yeah, that is yeah. a beautiful bottle, man. It really is. I love that. But yeah. the, it it says like sweet spice. That's exactly yep. what I'm getting. That's it. It's sweet, but it's got that little spice to it little at the bit end. Of bacon spice, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is awesome. It's sort of the the bizarre dynamic of like I couldn't wait to get back and like share this with you. Obviously, I want to do up samples for like Jay and Sean and those guys. Yeah. We'll never, and Craig Dooley, who will never get a chance to taste this or to buy a bottle because we'll never see it up here. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, once it's gone, like, that's it. It's that's over. It. I, yeah. I can't replace that. Yeah, no. I really do appreciate you mm -hmm. sharing stuff with me, man. That's what it's about, though. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. All right. So here's the only one I haven't tasted from here. Ooh. So that was the end of Monday. Uh, we drove back to the hotel. Uh, Peter and his wife went out for dinner. It was, you know, for us, it was also kind of our anniversary, too. Okay. Being together for three years. So kind of just kind like of did your own things at the, like, yeah. towards the end. So we found some, there's so many chains down there, but they're not like chains that Would we're be. used to either. Yeah. So we found it was like Logan's. Roadhouse, kind of like a, a Texas Roadhouse, Texas type. Roadhouse yep. or yep. Longhorn yep. kind of thing. They did some good, but the food was solid. Price was right. The only funny thing was like she ordered an old fashioned, 
like 15 minutes later, the woman kills her. She's like, we're out of bitters. I'm like, who the fuck is out of bitters? Yeah, right? <sighs> Love to hear that noise. I'm curious about this one. What do we got here? So this is Yellowstone mm-hmm. Toasted Barrel. Ooh. So yeah, we got back to the hotel Monday night, have a couple of drinks, relax. I think Peter came by for a nightcap. We, so he's in the hotel the day before we get there. I go to check in. The woman's like, we're so busy. I can't give you early check-in, whatever. We go do our thing. Come back and get my room. It is literally the room right next to Peter's room. <laughs> he was room 316. I was room 318 Perfect. or 314, 318. We were literally right next to each other. Perfect. At least you have to grab all your yeah. luggage and move to the next like, floor below you or something. You were right there. Yeah. Perfect. So at the end of the night, like we could pop into each other's room yeah, and man. have like, a, no, a drink. You want to have a little something? So then Tuesday morning, we had to be out in Lebanon for 9.30 to do this, which is about an hour and a half out. So I was trying to figure out, like, do we have breakfast here and then drive the hour and a half? Or do we drive an hour and a half, have breakfast? And then and be, hop over right. in five minutes down the road, yeah. So, again, Peter volunteers to drive. We pull out of the hotel, go down about 100 yards to go take the left. And we're like, what is that noise? So we take the left and... We probably went like 20 feet, and Peter's like, I'm going to stop. He's got a flat tire on his rental car. Oh, my God. No way. So now we drive back to the hotel, grab my rental car. We make it all the way out to, like, I forget the name. It's Cedarwood or Cedar something diner. And, again, like something out of a movie. This just massive field, long country road, straight country road. So on an intersection, on one corner is like a big gas station. Classic. The yep. other two corners are just farmland. Yeah. And the other corner is this tiny little diner. That's oh, like that was half a, lit. Oh my god, I can't even imagine how good the food was. The food was literally it was like, you know, three eggs, bacon, you know, hash browns, toast, yep. ten bucks. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, like the four of us had breakfast and coffee. It cost us like forty bucks for breakfast. And it was awesome. Yeah. Um Little hole in the walls, man. Like... Mm-hmm. And southern hospitality, they're you know, they're making pies, like pies are coming out on the counter, and there's like a little gift shop and what it, yeah. it was just everything you could imagine a little country spot to be. And then we go over to Limestone, which is really, really small. Um is it smaller than the Copper and Kings? Yeah, probably. Right it's around tiny. Yeah. Right around the same size, maybe. Yeah. Um and the, the one thing of, like, like when you go to all these distilleries, it's like, all right, there's the still. There's the fermentation tank. There's that. But the one thing you do get is, like, the scale of, like, at Limestone, their fermentation tanks are, like, 8,000 gallons. Okay. At Makers, their fermentation tanks are, like, 12,000 gallons. At Buffalo Trace, they're 60,000 yeah. gallons. Yeah. Like they're just Producing three stories yeah. high. Yeah. You know, at Limestone, we just went up a set of stairs, and you could look in the tanks. Yeah. At Buffalo Trace, you need to go up to the third floor to kind of look yeah. down. Was that the picture that you posted on Facebook? Or like, it was just like an open barrel, and it like looked like it looks like bubbles and like it looked fr- like, yeah. a, like a, a Guinness almost. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah. So we get to see that a tour guide, super intense, um, Stephen Fontaine. 
who Fred Minnick listed as like the best tour guide in all of Kentucky. I, I'm, I don't know why I feel like I've heard that name before. I mean, he was awesome, but there would be times it'd be like, and what's in this match ball? And he would like look at you and be like, is he going to punish me if I don't hit? <laughs> like it was that sort yeah. of intense. You have to know this or I'm yeah. going to beat you up. Um, but he was also super cool of like we get to the end and he uh, pulls out like a challenge coin and he gave us all challenge coins for Yellowstone, which are cool. I've got mine over there. And then I saw he was wearing like a, a Stephen Teeth Society shirt. And I was like, oh, Reverend Stewart, you get your coin. He's like, are you challenging me? I'm like, you got my coin. He's like, I got mine. So, like, we had a, a cool little banter awesome, going yeah, on. Cool. Then he was like, what are you guys doing tonight? And I'm like, well, we're going into Louisville. He's like, I recommend this. I'm like, we're going to Proof on Main. He's like, oh, all right. You know what you're talking about. I'm like, yeah, then we're going to the Seal Bog. Oh, oh, all right. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You really so, know what you're talking about. So we had a really kind of Seal Bog? Yeah. We How got a that? Seal Bog at the Seal Bog. Oh, come on. Seal Bog is... It's just gorgeous. And I wanted to take her and I wanted to take Peter because I had been there before. But yeah. when you walk in, like, it looks like something out of 1890s. Yeah, it's just... It's beautiful. Isn't it, like, under... There's some rooms underneath. There's a escape tunnel underground for, like, um, Al Capone yes, used to go yes, through that there. that was what it was. And he, like, um, left his, his letter of his drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, what the seal block is. Yeah, right? there's yeah. a whole... Well... That's what the bartender claimed. Yeah, yeah. And then they realized he just made up a, a cool story. So we sat at the bar. Um, and I was like, I'm going to be cliche and be a tourist and get a seal box at the seal box. He's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, and then I realized, like, tourist. I can never bartend in a place like this. And she's like, why? I'm like, because I couldn't put up with this shit the tourist. Yeah, tourist all the time. Yeah, yeah. But every restaurant we went to, too, like, we're sitting at the seal box. And it's like all the barrels. All the Parkers, all the Michters, Bomberger's and Shanks, Hardin's Creek, like every great whiskey is just on Dude, this like wall. All the people that are like hunting for this stuff up here, they would go down just there. Just go down like, there. Are you? They yeah. would. It's all. They there. would have a heart attack. They'd be. Oh my god. So we went to the gift shop and you know, we did the barrel pick. I love the barrel pick. I'm excited for us to taste that later this week. Um, and they had like the the single mall and some other stuff, and then I saw. Toasted barrel. I was like, I'm in. So it's a single barrel. So you have not tried this. I one. have not tried this at all. Dude, the color is crazy on this. Super dark. 100 proof Yellowstone single barrel in a toasted barrel. I have yet to try this. Cheers, man. Cheers. Mm-hmm. It's like rich, mm. thick, caramel, baking spice, nougat, like. Yeah, that is. It's a nice sweetness. <laughs> it's almost to that. like a uh, dessert mm. type. If that is after you finish your meal. Wow, that is. I don't think I've ever had something from Yellowstone that I haven't. No. Liked. No, that is, wow, that is delicious. Yep. Yeah. Good job with that one. I think I paid like 80 bucks for that. But again, it's it's worth it. It's worth it. It's once in a lifetime. It's single barrel. You're not going to be able to get, yeah, you're not going to be able to get it again. And when we were down there, they they have a a couple of different single barrels. And the 
girl at the counter was like, yeah, we actually just found this. This was left over from like two releases ago. They found like a case in the basement. Which is even And they just put it on the cooler. shelf. So yeah. again, never to be replicated again. And those guys, I mean, the Luxor people were awesome. Like we got there and they're like, all right. Um, our tour guide was like, go to the bar. You can get a drink and a cigar on me. And then Lux Row had set us up in the gift shop to get one, what they called wearable. So free t-shirt or free hat or whatever. Um, So I got the Bloody Mary at the bar and like they pulled out the bacon salt and I was like, bacon salt? All right. Is that available? (laughs) And I tasted it. I was like, where is this? She goes, we sell it in the gift shop. And I was like, oh, okay. You didn't even finish your drink. You ran over. I ran over. I grabbed it. And yeah, that was... Oh, man. I'm not kidding. When I saw that picture, I go, that is everything. And they had their own Bloody Mary mix that they made there on site, too. Um, but I didn't think I could actually get that. Came, yeah. Like a giant jug. I didn't think I could actually get that home. Yeah. So, yeah, from there, we left. We we're going to go to Bardstown Bourbon Company because they're, like, right in It's, like, five minutes away from Lux yeah. Row. And... Turns out they weren't open. Um, huh. They don't Is open on reason? Monday and Tuesday. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes uh, sense. Just, I, a lot of things weren't open on Monday and Tuesday, I guess. It does kind of make sense down there. Yeah, it kind of makes sense, yeah. Because they, they have to work. You know, yeah. Instead of, like, entertain. So, but that was, like, the one splurge bottle that I wanted was at Bardstown. Uh, their new Fusion series. Which I figured was going to cost me like a hundred and something dollars. And so then I had extra kind of room left in my suitcase. And, you know, we went to Luxro. Just, it's wild because you drive down the highway and it'd be like, oh, those are Rick houses. And there'd be like 17 Rick houses in like a field. We drove by like Heaven Hill, had like a satellite site. It's like what you were saying before, it's like a painting. It's like, were they just like. There's a hill right here, and there's a hill back there, and like you see that it on just, the top. You're it like, looks Wait. like giant metal boxes yeah, scattered like, over Wait. the hill. Yeah, like, what is that? What is that? Mm-hmm. What is that? And, you know, Luxrow, they're only like five years old. Like, it's a company that's been around forever, but they built their own distillery, and all the rickhouses are like yeah, five it's all, years it's old. All. So is Luxrow supposed to say, Stitzel Weller, is it more modernized as in? It's definitely more modern. You know, like. Yeah, like, they got, like. The, the equipment that you would yeah. go into, like a, a new brewery, like they got like yeah, it's all state me- of the It's all art. metal and like yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah, opposed to since Weller, it's probably like more like even the wood. Rick houses. It's like Weller. Like when we drove to Weller, like we're following like Google Maps, and we're like we're in somebody's neighborhood. Like people live here. Yeah, and then you get down to like the train tracks at the end of the street, and you take a right, and you're like, oh Jesus! Like yeah, there's I'm 17 here. Rick houses yeah. in the middle of crazy. a neighborhood. Kind of like going to like Polar, yeah. You know, like you drive down the street and the people yeah, yeah, live yeah, there, yeah, yeah, and you, then there's <laughs> yeah. You walk into Polar, like am I in Worcester? Yeah, there's a whole city there. Um, so you know, Luxro again was awesome. We did the Ezra tasting. Somehow, luckily, we all picked the same barrel again, um, and they set us up. You know, free wearable whatever, mm-hmm. and the only bottles really in the gift shop was. Uh, they had that 12-year double barrel. I remember Tracy Murphy gave me that bottle a few years ago. Yep. And this was an ultimate power move. So when we do the barrel <laughs> picks at Limestone and at Luxro, 
we needed a designated driver. Yep. So Peter's wife and Amelia were our designated drivers. Yep. So I have two drivers. We're good. Yeah, you're good. Good to go. And so we, we finish up at Luxrow. And they're like, oh, if you guys want to go get a drink on the bar, it's on us. Just flash your VIP. So we got these like VIP lanyards. Yep. And mine's black. Peter's black. Peter's wife's is black. Hers is gold. So she's the designated driver. So I go up to the bar and I'm like, I'll have a pour of the, the 12-year double barrel. And he's like, oh, well, we'll put it on a table. I'm like, no, they told me I'm all set. He's like, oh, all right. So Peter goes up, flashes his VIP badge. She flashes the VIP gold badge, which signifies her as the designated driver, and orders a drink with the designated driver badge. I was like, did you really? That's a power move right there. And she got it? And she got it, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, they got a, uh, I was like like, a little bit of retraining. I was like, that is a power move for sure. Um, well, you got home safe, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was awesome. She stepped up, drove. The thing is, like that that double wood twelve year, wasn't good. Like we went outside and Peter and I tasted. And I was like, I was leery because the bottle shape. I wasn't sure it was going to fit in the wine bags that I have, because of the way it was so square and broad. And then we tasted. And I was like, Yeah, no. And it was like a hundred and eighty bucks. Whenever I see double wood on a bottle, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not, not always I'm in not love. Not too fired up about it. No, nope. really not. And for 190 bucks, it wasn't. No way. And so Glenn had texted me like, "Hey, uh, if you're there and they have it, you know, uh, I'd like one. Grab it for me. I'll pay you back." And I was like, "Bro, I just saved you 190 bucks. Like, yeah, seriously, it's not, good. not worth it. It's not worth it." So then I had one more spot in my bag. Um, I'm curious about this one, man. So this one. So, you know, we finish up, and then we go out to dinner that night. Again, we started at 7 o'clock in the morning, leaving the hotel, flat tire, limestone. Yeah, actually, breakfast, did. limestone, over to Luxrow, Just back to the hotel. Absolute day. Uber into downtown Louisville, where there was construction on the highway, and I swear our driver took us down through, like, Texas. And the brought us, it was, yeah, yeah. It it's was like, a $20 Uber going, ride, dude, yeah. and it took us 45 minutes to get into downtown. We go to a restaurant called Proof on Main, which is some of the best food I've ever had. The whiskey menu, 20 pages long. Just any whiskey you could think ever, of, yeah. let alone like Hidden Barn and, and stuff that's only available down there. Yep. And their barrel picks and, you know, four different makers picks and four different old Forester barrels and just things yeah, that like, you're like, I, I don't even know picks? what to order. Oh, yeah. What? You didn't even know what to order. There was so much whiskey. The food, like, we just kept ordering food like we had, you know, like yeah. we were in Game of Thrones and we had just yeah. conquered Winterfell. Like, just bring it on. <laughs> and when we were at Limestone, the guy was like, make sure you check out the art museum while you're there. And I had been there before, but I didn't remember any art museum. So at some point, I'm like, hey, guys, where's the bathroom? And they point me out and they're like, go through that door. So you go through the door. There's literally an art gallery in the back of this restaurant. Wow. With like live action art, like wall things that move yep. and like things on the mirrors that move and, you know, video Dude, talk art. Talk about genius. You know, you get a little tipsy and you walk through like, there and you're like, wow, this it is was sick. Amazing. And then you get in the bathroom and there's like artwork in the bathroom. Wow. Then, you know, we finish up there and then we walk like 15 minutes down to the seal box, had a drink there. 
From there, Peter and Anita tapped out. Her and I walked up to a bar called Stevie Ray's, which is like a blues bar on Main yeah, Street. Stevie Ray, come on now. And we get there. It's open mic blues night on a Tuesday wow. night. Yeah. No cover. You just walk blues in. Bar, yeah, yeah. And these guys are just jamming out. Yeah. And the guy steps on. This woman gets up to sing with them. And she's doing like uh, Proud Mary and Take Me to the River and Mustang awesome. Sally. Awesome. And she's killing it. And then we finally tapped out at like 11.30. Yep. Went back home. Slept it off. Got up. Went to Waffle House because you can't go down south without going to Waffle House. Good experience. Uh, awesome. Everybody at Waffle House has always been great. Dude, they're nice, the best people of all time. Friend, it was the cleanest Waffle House I've ever been in, which was a little disappointing. Yeah, I was kind of say, expensive. Uh, I don't know about some, that, Some Some grease and some slop. Yeah, but, come on. But everybody something. is so nice. And the one thing I learned, and this is probably going to get passed over when people listen to it, like... There was a sign up that said, you know, like hiring supervisors and grill managers, uh, starting at thirteen fifty an hour, and I was like, that's a little bit less than minimum wage back home. Yeah. So she looks it up. Minimum wage in Kentucky. Oh yeah, it's, it's seven fifty. Oh yeah, it's still down there. Seven fifty. So then seven fifty is crazy, minimum, dude. Minimum wage up here is like what fifteen. Fifteen, yeah. So now I'm thinking, like, well, when all those. Like Buffalo Trace puts out MSRP. Okay. That's based on selling it in a yep. store in Kentucky where yes. you pay your employees seven fifty. Yep. In Mass, we're paying them twice that much okay. minimum. It's like they, so MSRP doesn't apply. Yeah. Here it does not. It does not apply. So yeah, we wrapped up Waffle House, um, and then we went to the airport, and in the airport. A lot of airports have, like, the big airports have, like, that travel retail, international, you know, travel only. Yeah. They have a bourbon store in the airport. Just the bourbon? Just bourbon. Wow. That is not for international flights. It is for everybody. So once you get through TSA check, you can go and bring it in your carry-on. So I bought a bottle of Jim Beam Single Barrel. Which is awesome. We Obviously. can taste that anytime. I reviewed that on last week's podcast. And then I found this. Detling. So They're from Alabama. I saw, this, I saw this on your same mm. post. And Peter said I would have tried it first. It was the first thing I cracked when I got home. Yep. Six grain mash bill. Okay. So it's heirloom corn. Okay. Uh, so corn's already in my... Yeah. I love corn. Yeah, it, yeah, it's bourbon, so it's at least 51% corn. Um, it was malted rye, mm-hmm. chocolate rye, caramel barley, oats, malted barley. Oats? Oats. Wow. It is the first bottled and bond product available from Alabama. Wow. And it's from Alabama. Like yep. So like yeah, so that was right what here. appealed so. to me. It's a single barrel, bottled and bond. Uh, I remember Minnick raving about this. I paid one oh nine. I love the bottle. Beautiful bottle. I love the wax too. Like this. Just... And this tastes like nothing else I've ever had. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I was. And I paid like like I said one oh nine. And I thought, well, maybe that's a lot. But then I looked it up when I was doing a little kind of research. It's going online for one twenty five. So you got a deal for a craft distillery, bottled in bond, six grain. And that nose is unique. Oh my gosh. 
Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. wow. I love that. Oh, my goodness. That. There's so much flavor going on. Like, were, I can't right pick when, anything right out. When it, right when it got on my tongue, I was thinking Evan Williams was that nutty. There's the nuttiness. Mm -hmm. And then right towards the back end is that chocolate. That chocolate. That coffee. Nope. Chocolate, coffee, oh caramel, nutty. That is awesome. That is. That's my gem of the trip. Wait a minute. <laughs> this might be something. This is unbelievable. The color on it is it's wild. Crazy. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. Makes sense why it tastes like mm -hmm. that. That is. They're doing something in Alabama. Oh, yeah. It's straight from Alabama. Straight, yep. They're not, yep. Like, they're not sourcing? Nope. That's all their own juice. That is that everything. Is, seriously, I'm glad he saved it for the last one because no. that is unbelievable. That is the gem. And yeah, it kind of works in the progression of things because it was the last bottle I bought before we got on okay, the plane. So you hit a butter, buzzer beater. Yep. Like, oh, I'll take a chance on this and do it. This is awesome. You get all the bourbon, you get all that stuff, and then at the end, you get the coffee and the chocolate. Mm -hmm. Like, that is. Mm -hmm. Wow, that See is you. awesome. So yeah, there it is. There my progressive is. tasting of my time in Louisville. That sounds like a time, man. I had to share it with you. I appreciate that. All right. Um, let's go throw some food on the grill and oh my God, I'm sop up I'm, some I'm, of this booze. I'm starving. All right. Cool. Awesome. Thank you for doing this. This was of course, great. Thank you for letting me do this. Absolutely. Yay!